Welcome to the You Can Tell the Children podcast, a place where sharing God's word with the next generation in your circle of influence can be simple, easy, and fun. We know that intentionally teaching children about God and the relevancy of his word will be a game changer in their homes, schools, and communities. This podcast is a ministry of Bible to School, experts in engaging children with the word of God. Together, we will make sure that you can tell the children about the love of Jesus. Ready, set, let's go. Hi, friends. Welcome to the You Can Tell the Children podcast. I'm your host, Meredith Steidler, and you're listening to episode 92. Well, our guest today, Donna Nicholson-Steef, is coming to us with a topic not often discussed, the topic of grief. We all have different levels of hardship in our lives. And as Christians, Jesus said to expect trouble, but that doesn't mean we know how to process it in a healthy way. Donna will share her story, walk us through what grief is, talk about why it's so important to process and discuss it, and begin sharing how each person's grief is unique, just like them. Since this topic is so important and relevant to all of us, we're going to continue the conversation next week. So be sure to tune in for episode 93 to hear more on teaching our kids how to steward their grief well. Before you leave, one super easy way to help us expand Bible to School and the reach of this ministry is by subscribing to and rating our podcast. Just go to our website at bibletoschool.com. That's Bible, the number two, school.com and click on the resource tab. Subscribe to us, then rate and review on your favorite podcast channel. Are you ready to hear how to steward grief well with the children in your life? Lean into my conversation with Donna now. Well, hi, Donna. I am so thankful to have you here with us today on the You Can Tell the Children podcast. Hey, Meredith. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. So to our listeners, Donna is here to share a portion of her testimony, and we will specifically be focusing on a topic we don't often discuss, which is handling grief with our kids. So I am looking forward to this because I know there are so many people who will benefit from this conversation, myself included. So before we dig in, Donna, would you tell us your connection with Bible to School and then a little about your family? Yeah, sure. So I believe it was 2012. I first started serving as a volunteer in the classroom. And then later I joined the board of directors, which I still serve on today. I will tell you, Meredith, it just blows my mind that we can bring a Bible elective to public school kids during the school day, which is amazing. And it's legal and it's highly effective. And so I just, I just wanted to be part of that. You know, I just wanted to be part of that and to help identify others that have a passion for this and help them start a Bible school someday. Amen. Thank you for doing that. So we have you on here today to talk about you and your testimony. And about four and a half years ago, there was a pretty tragic event that took place that changed your life forever. Can you tell us a little bit about what transpired, what happened? Yeah. So about four and a half years ago was late October on a Friday. My son, Jack, had just started his junior year of high school. And unbeknownst to, to anyone where he goes to high school, there was a reckless driver in a different jurisdiction that the police were in pursuit of. And she wasn't pulling over. The driver was not pulling over. She crossed into our jurisdiction. And this was right around three o'clock in the afternoon. So high school had just let out. As you can imagine, in a school zone, after high school lets out, there's buses, there's cars, there's pedestrians, there's people going to their sports. And it's just very congested. And 
she crossed into our jurisdiction and our police got the call and went to also pursue and see what was going on. And in the meantime, the driver had hit a bus that had school kids on him. Hmm. And so our police got the call that there was a crash. They went to the scene of the crash, which was right up the street from the high school. Unbeknownst to them, the driver had pulled out and kept driving and she was headed directly into the school zone. So at that time, my son, Jack, was in the back seat of a car. His two friends were in the front seat and they were in a long line of cars that were just sitting at a red light. The driver had crossed into the school zone, accelerated from 30 to 40 miles an hour, all the way up to near 80 miles an hour, and was kind of threading the traffic in between. And then at full speed, she turned and hit the back of the car that Jack and his friends were in. And her car then went airborne and landed, was an SUV, landed on its roof. That's when the entire accident came to a halt. I was at work, so I had no idea. Got a call from the principal that there was a significant accident and I need to get to the hospital. I just had no idea what, I knew nothing. I went to the hospital, called my husband. There were social workers, police, chaplains. I'm like, what is going on here? I thought Jack was in the ER and here he was in the OR. They brought us up to a little room and I guess maybe 20, 20, 30 minutes had passed and husband and I were just waiting in there along with a social worker and the principal and a police officer. The surgeon had come in and he told us, he started off by telling us the injuries, which I'll spare you, but I, I still didn't have any inkling that he was gone. I, I had no idea. When he said he didn't make it, that was just, I can't even describe the chaos in that room and the wailing. And it's just a sight that no one should ever have to hear or see. But yeah, one day, I, I mean, one day you're, you're dropping your child off at school and next thing you know, they're, they're never coming home with you again. So that event absolutely changed my life, my entire family's life. And it was very public. It was very public. He was not the only child that died in that wreck. You know, as you can imagine, it was on the news for very long, but the community was wonderful. We had a, a very strong community around us. Our family rallied around us. And so we had a lot of love and support through it. Wow. Thank you for, for sharing that with us. And, you know, that community, I'm wondering if that's why you felt it so important to get up and share then at his funeral. One of the things that before this interview to our listeners that I got to listen to was the eulogy. Donna got up and spoke and it was a beautiful speech. And she shared this story that I'll just never forget. And it was the story of the two wolves. So Donna, I would just love for you to share that in summary now and why it was significant to Jack and to you. Yeah. So my husband will text our kids. They're adults now, but he would text them little verses and inspiring statements, just something to uplift them for the day. One of them is the story of the two wolves. And Jack really resonated with that. It was it was his favorite. And I thought um, it would be great to share that at his memorial service. It really spoke to his heart. The story goes like this. An old Cherokee told his grandson, my son, there is a battle between two wolves inside of us all. One is evil. It is anger, jealousy, greed, resentment, inferiority, lies, and ego. The other is good. It is joy, peace, love, hope, humility, kindness, empathy, and truth. The boy thought about it and asked, Grandfather, which wolf wins? And the old man quietly replied, 
the one that you feed. That is so powerful. I know. I, I've heard that before, but it just took on new meaning. Yeah, that's so good. And immediately what comes to mind for me is uh, the scripture from Galatians 5, which talks about the fruits of the spirit, which is pretty much what we are to feed the good wolf, which was mentioned here, you know, the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and then gentleness and self-control. That's actually something we share with our Bible to school kids, all three grades, second, third, and fourth. It is obviously a very popular lesson, but we make it fun with activities, crafts, songs. There's a really fun song that you can learn those nine fruits of the spirit, just because it is so important for kids to know. But this was the really exciting thing for me when I understood something about these fruits of the spirit and then was able to share it with the kids at Bible to school. The fact that we actually can't in our own strength get better at being patient, be better and stronger at being kind. This is actually something we need the Holy Spirit's help with. And so I was so freed when I learned that information because I just thought, man, I'm a really impatient person. <laughs> I remember learning that too. You know, God's not like handing out cards like, oh, you need more patience here. You know, oh, you need more of this here. Like just, you know, throwing you know, strength at us. It's, you know, we try to muster it up on our own. And it really is, it is the Lord that cultivates that in us. Yeah. We can't just muster it up on our own. He cultivated, and that's great news. Like you said, um, we don't have to try to do that all on our own strength. It's the Lord's strength that, that cultivates that in our heart. Yeah, absolutely. Praise the Lord for that. So let's tie this feeding of the good wolf, these fruits of the spirit, um, into stewarding grief well for ourselves and our kids. First off, Donna, could you summarize what grief is and then touch on the different types for us? Yeah, sure. So the dictionary says that grief is deep sorrow, especially that caused by someone's death. But I, I like to add to that. It's a direct response to love and to loss. It's mm -hmm. evidence of love. Even if a relationship was complex or hurtful or had hardship, it's still evidence of love, even love we wished we had from a person. What we don't grieve is indifference, meaning we don't fully feel the, the whole weight of grief for someone who is indifferent in our lives, but we do grieve those that we love. So it's direct mm -hmm. evidence of that. Meredith, I co-lead Grief Share at my church. It's a 13-week group. And on week one, the first thing I tell, tell the group is grief is not a problem to solve. It's not something that needs fixed. It's the natural God-given response to love and loss. It's a journey, and we need to understand the journey and learn how to navigate it. Hmm. And so to identify grief, you know, there is a distinction between mourning and grieving. Mourning is visible to others. It's visible on the outside. Grief is very much internal. It's not always a visible thing. Uh, you could pass me in the mall and have no idea. I buried my teenager, have no mm. idea that I am grieving, that I'm a grieving mother. And so it's very internal and it's deep within us. And grief, grief also affects many things. Sometimes I think we might think, oh, grief is sadness, but really it affects us physically, very much so physically, emotionally, mentally, and spiritually. It mm. affects our entire being. And so one of the best pieces of advice I received with processing grief was to lean in. She said, just lean in, 
lean into the pain, lean into God, lean into others. Don't fight it. Don't try numbing it. When we try to numb pain, we numb, we numb everything else. We can't selectively just numb pain. We, we numb everything else in our life. And don't replace it with busyness because busyness is a distraction. And then what happens is we just end up with exhaustion from avoidance. We can't heal what we don't feel. Mm. We can't heal what we don't feel. Now, with that said, it's okay to lift your hand off of the burner and take a break from it. We're hardwired as humans to grieve, but you know it's part of the human story. God hardwired that within us, but we can't be in constant, acute pain 24-7 long-term. We need to engage with other things going on around us. So process with people with a similar loss, that's really important. We see ourselves through people's story, and it can be very validating. We intellectually know we're not alone. We, I knew intellectually, I'm not the only person that lost a child. I knew that. You know, my heart didn't know that. The rest of my body didn't know that. It's good to be in a, in a grief group that's structured in a healthy way and to be with others who are on that same journey. And I'm a huge fan of counseling, a huge fan. My husband and I found an amazing counselor who's also a Christian, who loves the Lord, that that was core to my selection in counselors because the loss of my son at its core is very spiritual, founded on what I believe about God and heaven. And so my core is spiritual in the Lord. So my counselor needed to be rooted in that same foundation of knowing Jesus. Mm, Wow, that's so good. You just gave me a lot to chew on right there. (laughs) And it is, it's just so, so important. And this is why we have you here because you have been through this. You are exactly who we need to hear from because you're relatable. Other people have gone through grief, but there's going to be some people listening that aren't feeling and they're not healing. And so that's why we're talking about this today. It is so important we can heal from all layers of grief. God has created us these amazing human beings who are able to process, but we can't do it alone. We need help. Holy Spirit help, but also other help, other people help, counselor help, like you mentioned. And um, I just have to throw in here real quick this morning in my inbox, of course, as our great God of details is, there is an email on grief. <laughs> I get I get an email every day on a different topic, and this one was on grieving. And I'm just going to quote, because he said it so well, you don't get over a loss. You can't go under it. You can't go around it. You've got to go through the grief. And that's exactly what you're saying. And that's what you're going to walk us through. Yes. And with that said, I, I feel like the phrase get over it should just be eliminated from the human vernacular, like when it comes hmm. to, to grieving, because the person you lost is not a piece of luggage you leave at the side of the road. You know, it, you don't get over. So we're not supposed to get over something like that. We want to journey through. What I tell people is that I'm moving forward and Jack and Jesus are coming with me. Jack is still a very, very much a part of my life. I'm still his mother. I am who I am today because that child was on this earth. So moving forward is a much better way to say than getting over. Yeah, that's not a good phrase. So good. That's so good and helpful. And that's helpful for those who haven't had to grieve yet, but are trying to grieve beside. Yes. To know little details like that can be a huge changer. Yeah. We, we all know somebody grieving or, you know, or we're going to know somebody that's grieving. So yeah, that's very helpful. 
Let's pause right now and take a question from one of our Bible to School kids. When I die, will I be with Jesus right away? There is an encounter Jesus had with some doubters recorded in the book of Matthew, where people were trying to trick Jesus into saying something false about what happens after we die. Jesus gave a clear and concise answer, in part quoting scripture from Exodus. He said, have you not read what was said to you by God? I am the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. He is not God of the dead, but of the living. Essentially, since Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob had been dead for centuries, Jesus was saying they were alive and with God in heaven. And because we know that Jesus is also in heaven right now, we have the assurance that when we die, we will be in heaven with Jesus. So I hear you saying this. I'm going to ask the question anyway, just to emphasize, but probably it's very important to mention Grief is not a topic to avoid talking about, especially in our homes with our children. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. We are unfortunately a grief illiterate society and I was grief illiterate before losing Jack. Hmm. So it's important that we understand and process it and talk about it openly. There are many ways to talk about it. You know, like we said, grief groups, um, counseling, grief camps for kids, family members, trusted friends. Grieving is natural. God wired us to grieve. It's part of our experience. So we do need to talk about it. We do need to learn about it, learn the ins and outs and all the complexities that manifest when we're grieving. So can you tell me what the danger is in not processing grief with our kids? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Unprocessed grief is like burying feelings that are still alive. They will come out. I cannot emphasize that enough. And it will come out sideways if we're shoving it down and not dealing with it and avoiding it and uh, being distracted and we shove it down. It's going to come out sideways. It's not going to be pretty. It comes out in ways you can't even imagine. So undealt with grief and trauma will absolutely get passed down to your kids. If you're a parent and you're grieving, and it's not dealt with, it will get passed down to your kids, your friends, your spouse. It can show up in secondary emotion. Grief is the primary root, but it can show up as anger, cynicism, negativity, outburst of rage, paranoia, fear. And the most harmful, I would say, is the wrong idea of who God is. Hmm. When we only see God through our, through our devastating pain, it can challenge us to question the true character of God. And so it's really important that if we are the ones, parents that are grieving, that we get the help that we need so that we're not passing down a harmful traits to our children. And, you know, here's the other thing. Unprocessed grief, it swings the door wide open for Satan to get a foothold. Bitterness, unforgiveness, resentment, anger, it breeds all of those things. It it feeds into the evil wolf we talked about. Mm. And, you know, darkness hates the light and is quite content in hiding. We can start to believe the lie that we are all alone. It's a dangerous place to be because Satan loves to attack us when we're down. And he does have a strategy trying to keep us drowned in our grief. But the good news is Satan is not the only one with the strategy. Amen. He is not the only one with the playbook. Jesus has one too. And that playbook is the one that brings light, deliverance, forgiveness, love, peace, joy, and purpose. Mm -hmm. So I kind of think of it as like 
think of, remember like Petri dishes in school, like in biology class? Oh yeah. (laughs) There's mold growing in a Petri dish. What does that mold need? It needs darkness. It needs darkness to grow. It needs darkness to thrive. What happens when you put light on that mold? That's what we want. We want Jesus's light Mm -hmm. in our life so that we can process our grief with him and he can handle us beating on his chest. He can handle us writhing in pain at his feet. He can handle our anger. He's such an amazing God. I fell more in love with Jesus. I I just, I want that for everybody. I want that for everyone. There was a time when I thought if I ever lost a child, I would be incapacitated, a useless human being for the rest of my life. And that's not what happened. It wasn't on my own strength. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, John 10, 10, I always think of this verse anytime we talk about what Jesus came to do, which was to give us abundant life, which was to set us free, to be our deliverer, like you said, to be the light. And it says, the thief comes to steal, kill, destroy, but I have come to give you life and life to the fullest. And so here you are. How What a gift it is, Donna. Thank you for being here to be able to tell us through a great horrific tragedy that you love Jesus more and that you aren't incapacitated and that you are a living, walking, breathing human being that is walking beside and through the grief. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for sharing your story. Absolutely. And my, my grief, it's a sacred place in my heart. It is evidence that I am a mother and that my son lives in heaven. My grief, you know, in the beginning was so... It was all-consuming pain, all-consuming pain, walking on shards of glass every single day. But God was with me, walking on that glass with me. And now he has He has restored joy and peace, peace that makes no sense, and great purpose in me to walk alongside others. And what I thought would happen if I'd ever lost a child did not happen. And there's only one explanation for that. No one can argue Jesus's existence in my life with me. Mm. I know he was there and I know that he still is there. There's no debating. No. (laughs) So, so through your personal experience and your training, because you're leading this grief counseling, you've been through some training. I would love for you to share what you've learned about grieving well. And maybe you can just start us off with how we all do grieve very differently. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone does grieve differently. When you think about it, we are all unique. Where each and every single person on this planet is unique, our grief is going to be unique as well. And while there's no wrong way to grieve, there are constructive ways and destructive ways to grieve. So we want to recognize that your grief will be processed differently than your spouse. It's different than your children, different than your friends. And we can also recognize that some ways of handling it can either be healthy or unhealthy. So we really do, we really do want to avoid judging others in grief. So here's an example. A friend of mine lost his 17-year-old son. He expressed his grief through starting a soccer club in his son's name. It helped him very much to be around the other students, the other teens. That was where he funneled how he processed his grief. But his wife, on the other hand, she could not bear to see other teens or engage in the things that her son would have been doing. And so that's just an example of how it can look different. And all, all of my friend, the father who appeared to be okay, 
he was absolutely still in the depths and the throes of grieving. If you were to look at him being so excited for these soccer tournaments and being engaged in these kids' lives, you might think, oh, I, I guess he's not grieving anymore. That is not true. That is not true. So we don't want to judge by the outward appearance. Yeah, that's so good. That's so helpful. So even scripture, Donna, gives us a glimpse into how people mourn their loved ones. And I think of Jesus himself, how he wept over the loss of his best friend, Lazarus. And this is even knowing he was going to bring him back to life. That's from right. John 6, 35. So yeah, I mean, tell me some of your thoughts on scripture, what it has to say. Yeah, I love that part in, in the book of John. Jesus was experiencing the human condition. He didn't just cry. He wept. And that word has weight. Even though he knew he was going to, to raise Lazarus from the dead, he still had great and overwhelming compassion and empathy for those who were grieving and those who had lost Lazarus. And he felt their grief profoundly. And when you read through the Bible, you know, King David grieved for his son. Job grieved. There are many instances in the Bible where others were, were grieving. And, you know, the Psalms is a great resource to connect on that level. Mm -hmm. um, Psalms 31.9, be merciful to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eyes grow weak with sorrow, my soul and body with grief. And Psalms 34.18, the Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. And I love that crushed in spirit. I felt crushed in my spirit. And yet it is the Lord that was near me. So Jesus, he is the most compassionate and loving person we will ever know. He's never lied to us. He's never cheated us. He's never turned his back on us. He's never misled us, manipulated or abandoned us. And when you think about it, actually, I know I've done all those things to him. We've all done those things to him, and yet he is faithful. He's never done those things to us. He's trustworthy and he's faithful. I don't think we could ever possibly have a better friend than our Savior Jesus. Amen. And you know, that makes me think so much about how one of the biggest lies I believe, and I believe many probably are on the same page, is I'm alone. Nobody understands, nobody gets this. You can't possibly understand. And while all of our situations are going to be unique and different, we have to remember that Jesus is our friend and companion. And he does have compassion that literally the word compassion means the guts and innards of our feelings. And Jesus feels that way about us and about our pain. And, and like you said, referencing the Psalms, it's almost like giving us permission it is okay that we lament and feel this way. Jesus knows that pain too. We don't have a high priest unfamiliar with our suffering, scripture says. He knows, he gets it. And even if we believe the lie that nobody understands, we know somebody does. And we know that person is Jesus. And actually, that's enough. It is. You know, the Bible says that he is well acquainted with grief. He is well acquainted with, with the deepest sorrow. You're right. And God does put people in our life. He That is how he cares for us. He gives us people too. But nothing, no grief share, no, no friends, family can ever replace the relationship with Jesus. That That is the ultimate relationship that we, that we want to nurture. Are you grief illiterate? I love the visual Donna gives for unprocessed grief. She says, and I quote, 
It's like burying feelings that are still alive. They will come out and they'll come out sideways. So as we journey through our grief, I love Donna's reminder of the good news that Satan is not the only one with a strategy. He's not the only one with a playbook. Jesus has one too, and his playbook is the one that brings light, deliverance, forgiveness, love, joy, peace, and purpose. So which wolf have you been feeding? What about the kids in your life? Don't forget to tune in here next week to listen to the rest of my conversation with Donna. She'll cover how children grieve differently than adults, how we can help them process their grief in healthy ways, and offer advice on what not to say to a grieving person. We will end by sharing several scriptural truths that will encourage your heart. Are you feeling that urgency to speak truth over the children God has placed in your life? Did you know that we can help equip you to do this by bringing a Bible to School program to your community? Let's get this conversation started. Just go to BibleToSchool.com. That's Bible, the number two, school.com, and click on Contact Us. We would love to talk to you about how you can help reach public school students with the truth of God's Word during their school day. What an amazing opportunity to do kingdom work on your patch of ground. Until next week, friends, enjoy this amazing weather. And remember, you can tell the children about Jesus.